Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Hello, I'm Daryl Horn, the Executive Director of the San Antonio Baptist Association. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. This time we are talking about traits of great leaders in times of disruption. You want to stay tuned because this is going to be another good discussion. We've had two previous podcasts, both were great discussions. If you haven't listened to those, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast on great leaders are generalists and great leaders are responsible. Today joining us, we have four proven leaders who are in the San Antonio area. They'll be sharing their insights from their years of experience in positions of leadership. But before we get started, I want to encourage you to listen to other Sabbath podcasts on our clearing website, which is buzzsprout.com. If you'll go to buzzsprout.com and look for the San Antonio Baptist Association, you'll find over 90 podcasts there to date, and that number continues to grow every month. We want to go around the digital room and let each panel member introduce himself. And as we get started, we're going to start with John Lane. John, if you could introduce yourself, and then we'll move around the room and let everybody else have a chance. Thank you, Dr. Horn. Uh, My name is John Lane, and I'm the president of a law firm here called Lane and Countryman. Uh, Among other things, we uh, represent a number of churches and nonprofits And I really appreciate the opportunity to bring this uh, talk to you today. I'm John Litzler. I'm the director of the church law division at Christian Unity Ministries, and we're headquartered out of San Antonio, too. And we work with uh, churches and religious nonprofits across Texas uh, facing various legal issues. And I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be on this panel and to discuss uh, leaders as trust builders with you all. My name is Abe Hawkins. I'm president of Baptist University of the Americas here in San Antonio. Uh, We are here to educate and equip cross-cultural leaders for the church and the marketplace. And so I'm grateful to be on this podcast with these great leaders as well. And I'm Jim Antonin, the executive director of the San Antonio campus of Wayland Baptist University, uh, previously the the, uh, director of leader development at USAA and prior to that, uh, career United States Air Force officer. Great to be here. Well, thank you, panel, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be a part of our discussion today. We're going to begin with John Lane, who's going to kick off our discussion on great leaders are trust builders. So, John, if you'll begin our discussion. Great. Thank you, Dr. Horn. Uh, you know, I'm a proud graduate of Texas A&M University. Uh, class of 1979, and I know that's going to cause about two-thirds of you to just turn it off. Um, but when I was uh, working on my master's in education there at A&M, uh, my, I was tasked with the responsibility of developing a course, which we called Leadership in Agriculture. Uh, I was not a believer at the time, and I wish I knew then what I know now. Uh, Interestingly, that uh, Leadership in Agriculture course has now become a full degree program at Texas A&M. You can now get a a degree in that. 
later on, uh, I did become a believer, and in uh, in my study of the Scripture over the past thirty uh, some odd years, um, I uh, I've learned that pretty much everything I really need to know is found in the Bible. And so when uh, Dr. Horn asked me to uh, talk about leaders being trust builders, uh, after quite a bit of prayer and consideration, uh, I was taken to the book of Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah may not be a book that you've read in a long time or studied much in detail ever, uh, but it really is an incredible case study in leadership and in particular about being a trust builder. I mean, after all, the ultimate definition of a leader is someone who other people trust enough to follow them. And uh, if there is uh, ever a good example in scripture, that it is Nehemiah. When we're first introduced to Nehemiah, we find that he is a cupbearer for the king. Uh, That doesn't mean much to us in 2021, but believe me, in that time, that was one of the highest positions of trust that anyone could arrive at. So in those days, a king had to worry about being poisoned or killed or murdered in his sleep. And so one of his very important uh, people around the king was the cupbearer who was required to watch everything that happened, everything that went in front of the king, even go so far as to taste that king's drink or food to make sure that they're not being poisoned. So a cupbearer had to be an incredibly trustworthy person. Person, We don't know how Nehemiah became uh, a cupbearer for the king. The Bible doesn't need to tell us about that. Uh, but it does tell us that he held this very high position of trust. And because of that very high position of trust, Nehemiah was in a position where when he heard about what had happened to his city, now listen, his city was Jerusalem. The Jews had not been in Jerusalem for 150 plus years. They were in captivity in Babylon. That's where Nehemiah was. But when he heard that the walls of his city had been knocked down, torn down, his heart was broken. And because of his the trust that he had gained with the king, when Nehemiah went to the king and asked for permission to go and inspect the walls of his city, the king granted it. Later on, when the king, when Nehemiah asked for permission to go and rebuild the city, the king not only granted that, but sent him uh, with resources and people. So the first thing about uh, a leader being a trust builder is that leader has to have built trust in himself or herself from other people. The second thing that we learn about Nehemiah and his life is he also built others' trust in themselves. So how does that happen? Well, in Nehemiah's case, he takes his fellow countrymen back to Jerusalem There are people there who are in opposition of them rebuilding the wall. And Nehemiah builds the trust of those people in their own ability to rebuild those walls and to defend the city. Uh, He does that in a number of ways, as we see in the the book of Nehemiah. He, 
he, uh, one of my favorites is he allowed his people to see and hear him pray. You know, Nehemiah 4, 9 says, and we prayed to our God and set a guard as protection against them day and night. He allowed his people to see him pray. When the people of Jerusalem came under attack, Nehemiah himself strapped on his own weapon, and he himself continued to build the wall. I, I see it in my mind's eye sometimes as he has one hand on his weapon, and in the other hand, he's laying bricks or stacking stones or whatever the case may be. But he built that trust among his people so that they believed in themselves enough that they could withstand the forces that were against them. Uh, that is uh, an incredible accomplishment and a very important uh, part of being a leader. So not only did Nehemiah build others' trust in himself, and he built others' trust in themselves, but he also built the trust in the Word of God. And we don't find this until a little bit later on in the book of Nehemiah, but we find that after uh, the walls had been rebuilt, that Nehemiah calls in Ezra. Now, I don't know if this picture behind me is a picture of Ezra or not. I bought that painting just because I like it. Uh, but it sure looks like it could be Ezra standing there reading from the Torah and reading the Word of God. Well, Nehemiah called upon Ezra to come and bring the Word of God to the people. Remember again, these are a people that have probably not heard the word of God for several generations. And when they heard the word of God, they were broken. They were convicted. They, their lives were changed and they rose up to be an incredible body of people. You know, leaders have to build trust among all the people that are going to follow them, they have to have the trust in themselves. Their people have to have the trust in one another. But most of all, we have to trust in the Word of God. And without those three things, it is impossible to be a, an exceptional leader. So I open it up now for discussion among the panel. Thank you. Let, let me ask a question. Um, how does a leader build trust? Uh, very, very excellent. And because of the sake of time, I didn't cover all that in my notes. <laughs> but, you know, as taking Nehemiah as an example, he built trust in his people because he, uh, his word was his bond, first of all. If he said he was going to do something, he set out and he did it. The second thing was he was not afraid to get in there and get his hands dirty. He was not afraid to help stack stones in order to build the city. He was not afraid to go up against the enemy and strap on his sword. So he was right in there in the midst of those people as they saw him doing those things their trust in him, their confidence in his leadership had to grow. You know, in Luke 16, 10, um, it, it says, 
whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So I just think, you know, be trustworthy um, as a leader, be trustworthy in the little things in the small things, the things that may not seem like a major decision, or it may not seem like um, something huge. And you build trust over time. Um, it takes time. And when I think of building trust over time, I think of Joshua and the lifetime of trust he earned as he followed Moses and went up the mountain with Moses and was the tent keeper for Moses. And, um, originally was one of the only two spies who came back and said, Hey, this promised land's a good thing. We should go do this. We should go take this. And then, um, was with the Israelites as they wandered for 40 years in the desert because they decided against his counsel. And then finally did lead the Israelites, um, when it was his turn, lead them into the promised land and led them into battles and captured Canaan and Jericho and all of these, these areas. And he's lived this entire um, life of building trust with the Israelites, with his people as a leader to the extent that when we finally get to the end of his life um, in Joshua 24, he's, he's nearly 110 years old and he's near the end of his life. And he kind of recaps, he speaks from God. He says, here's what God has to say. And he, he uh, recaps all of God's faithfulness to them, to the Israelite people throughout the year. And then he shifts to speak for himself, not for God, but for himself. And he says, you guys can decide whether you want to go back to the gods your ancestors worshiped when we were back in Egypt, or whether you want to embrace these false gods for these people that we've just conquered in this promised land. He says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And he doesn't command them what to do. He doesn't threaten them. Um, as a matter of fact, he almost he almost tries to talk them out of it because they say, we'll serve the Lord too. And he says, are you sure? Because our God is the jealous God and you can only serve him alone. And they say, oh, no, we're sure. We'll destroy all of our idols right now. And the way he gets them there is not by decreeing it or commanding it as some kind of king or supreme leader, but it's by a lifetime of trust that he's built up with the Israelite people that when he is their leader says, here's what I'm doing and here's what my house is doing. He's got a group of people following him who says, yeah, we're, we're doing that too. Any other thoughts? Yeah. You know, I was thinking through what uh, John shared and appreciated that uh, this, you know, when I was in campus ministry, I, I did a lot of uh, marital counseling. And one of the things we talked about was this idea of having an emotional bank in your marriage. And we've all heard about that. We make deposits and we make extractions all the time. And I think as a leader, there's also uh, this idea of a trust bank that we have and that we get to make deposits in there by being found trustworthy, by being somebody who says, if I say this, I'm going to do it. And so you make deposits all the time, but you're also making attractions. When you run into an issue, people are, you're going to make a decision that people are going to be a little bit uh, iffy about or, or concerned about, but they're going to say, look, look at the trust bank. It's full. And I was reminded of uh, a scripture that I looked up and uh, it says that, uh, in First Corinthians 4, 1 through 2, it says, So then, men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it's required that those who have been given a trust 
must prove faithful. And so as leaders, we're to find ourselves faithful because God's already given that to us as leaders and said, now go do the work I've called you to do. And we're to maintain that trust by being people of character, as Jim had mentioned in earlier podcasts and other things. And so I think that as leaders, uh, trust is is significant. Uh, To lose trust is damaging uh, to a leader. Uh, But as you gain trust and as you continue to build that bank, then it allows us to be uh, even more effective than what uh, what we intended uh, that we could be. As we begin to wrap up uh, our podcast, um, I'm reminded of how little trust our our country has in its own government and in our governmental leaders. Jim, let me throw the conclusion over to you. And what what concluding thoughts could you share with us about? Uh, good leaders or trust builders? Well, just just real quick, I, over the years, I've learned that there are two kinds of people, those that, that trust up front until you prove to them that you can't be trusted and those who don't trust and you have to prove to them and they later uh, gain that trust. Um, and there's research that shows that in, in organ, people will join an organization because they believe in what it, the organization is all about, the standards that are set and and they believe in the mission, and they will leave an organization because they lose the trust in their supervisor or their manager. And that, I think, is absolutely critical. We're back to what what uh, Abe said before in a previous podcast when we talked about character. Trust is an absolutely key component to good character, period. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's been another great discussion on a trait of great leaders. We need great leaders in our society, and that's why we're talking about such characteristics of great leaders, because we need to amplify those and discuss them and lift them up and ask that our people become those uh, type of leaders that we need. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. If you haven't listened to the previous podcast, on leadership in this series, we ask that you go back to buzzsprout.com and look up the San Antonio Baptist Association, and you'll find other podcasts there. Once again, panel, thank you for being a part of this podcast. It was another great discussion on leadership. We hope to catch you Those of you who are listening, we hope to catch you on our next podcast. So once again, thank you, and we'll catch you on the other side. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for kingdom impact.